What is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender here, and uh, thanks so much for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. If you would like to weigh in on any of the election results from anywhere around the country, I'm not going to, if you if you're following like the Idaho County Commission races, that's fine. I'm going to defer to your expertise in that field, but um, <laughs> 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Pete Callender, and of course get the podcast uh, at WBT.com as well. So a lot of stuff to break down here regarding the election uh, last night. If you were not able to listen in to our coverage well, what's up with that? Why? No, I'm kidding. But uh, it's okay. It's all right. Um, I want to start with the Senate race. I've got the audio. I've got Pat McCrory's concession speech, and I have Ted Budd's victory speech. And while I got to listen to Budd's victory speech, I didn't get to watch it until today when I pulled this audio. And, well, I, I well... I don't want to I don't want to prejudice the jury here ahead of time, but I will say I think I understand why he wasn't too keen on getting into a debate with his fellow candidates. He comes across very stiff and you're going to hear uh, the the crowd. It, it's not like the the applause lines that should land. They just they kind of don't. Um, and the delivery is kind of stiff. I don't know any other way to describe it. Um, but I'm going to start with Pat McCrory's uh, concession speech, and it, it does sound like he is pretty much done with running for public office, but we don't know. It, it, it sounded like, and I've heard you know the interviews that he has done, I think he did one, uh, but Bo Thompson and uh, Beth Troutman played uh, the MSNBC interview, they interviewed him this morning, so he's, he says he's going to take some time. He's going to decide what's next. But in that speech last night, uh, when he conceded, it seemed pretty clear that he wasn't going to run again. So here is that audio from the speech last night. I know the game. I've played the game. I've been played by the game. I've won the game, and I've lost the game. And tonight we lost, fair and square. That's part of what our great democracy is all about. And um, who would have imagined in 1978, when I was uh, 21 years old, I moved four blocks from here to Villa Hermosa Apartments, making $900 a month for Duke Energy Company. Who would have imagined in 2022, I'd be here at the Selwyn Pub, having been a Republican city council member, a Republican mayor for 14 years where we transformed a great American city and where I was governor of the greatest state, the United States of America, um, where we helped save this state. I would have never imagined this, and neither would have my parents. Um, and I would have never imagined um, that I would have had the opportunity to run for the U.S. Senate. And who would have known part of the game is, politics is a tough sport, a very, very tough sport. And I knew I was in for a tough sport about a year ago this week when a former president of the United States with me in the audience
turned to the whole audience and said, I don't represent his values. And I remember looking at several of my great workers, including Hannah Hemi, who I, I can't say enough about. And I turned to her, I went, damn, this is a tough sport when the president of the United States says, I don't represent his values. Well, he may be right in that regard regarding values. I do represent his policies, but probably not his values because I got my values in Jamestown, North Carolina. Uh, but it's a tough sport. I knew I was in trouble last night when I saw a TV ad saying that I'd raise gas taxes from the Club for Growth. And I went, what in the hell is that all about? I never raise gas taxes, but in politics, you can say and do anything to get elected. And I knew when I saw the Citizens uh, or Club for Growth and my worthwhile opponent, Congressman Bud, say that I'm a Republican in name only, I went, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We, we did a lot for the state and for the city, implementing good conservative measures that I think made a difference, not just for the next election, but for future generations. And there are things that I'll be proud of for the rest of my life because of the work all of you did together. Now, as we uh, talk about this game, I think all of us have to go through an evaluation. First of all, I want to congratulate Congressman Ted Budd. I also want to congratulate Sherry uh, Beasley. They had the courage to run. They ran a very unique race. I still don't understand the no debate stuff, but hopefully we'll see a debate between the two of them. Many debates because our country deserves it. Um, but I congratulate everyone who ran, who ran today, whether it be for city council or Congress or Senate, everyone who ran, Mark Walker and um, Marjorie became good friends of mine. We enjoy debating each other and I always respect our friendship. But right now we've got to do an evaluation of our party. And I want to let you know that you have leverage in this race coming up. You have leverage because our party's got to recognize you as being common sense conservatives like I am. You are a common sense conservative and I think in this Senate election, you've got to demand common sense conservatism, maturity, and professionalism that we should demand of a U.S. Senator because the U.S. Senate is a place for wisdom and courage and problem solving. Now more than ever, as our economy is being destroyed by the terrible policies of our current president and vice president. And now more than ever, we do need to, need to unite but we also need to unite to ensure that the people running understand you because you have leverage in this race. And you in this audience, those who supported me, can determine the future of the U.S. Senate and this country. And I'm gonna help you participate in that. So to all of you, especially to my family, to my good friends and supporters, to the owners of the Selwood Pub, Coach and Doc, I love you. We've got great pizza here. Life is a full circle. I started three blocks from here in public service running for the city council, and I end here in public service with my friends and colleagues that will be my friends and colleagues forever. I love you, God bless with you, and God bless America. Thank you all very much. All right, so that was... 
Pat McCrory conceding last night. He only won a single county, and that was Mecklenburg County by a couple or like 100 votes or something. It was very, uh, very close. Ted Budd won every other county handily. Uh, beating the rest of the field. He will go on to face Sherry Beasley. We will hear Ted Budd's victory speech from last night in a minute. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So we heard from Pat McCrory, his concession speech last night. Here is Ted Budd's victory speech from last night in its entirety. I'll try to get it all in here before the, uh, well, we're actually not going to be, I'll have to, we'll break it up over the, over two segments. It's not very long. It's just, it's about 10 minutes or so. And so it's not going to be able to run through the whole thing before the uh, next break. But here was Ted Budd last night. Dan, I was listening to you. And we do like to go to bed early in Davie County. So this is, uh, he's talking about Dan Bishop, Congressman Dan Bishop, <laughs> who recruited him. Look, I just want to thank my friend Dan Bishop. You know, Dan, you were my first endorsement, and I'm still honored to have your support. Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, you are a dear friend, and your support is humbling. I can't wait to watch you achieve even more in this great state of North Carolina. Well, the psalmist tells us, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And North Carolina, we certainly do give him thanks tonight. So I want to begin by thanking my wonderful wife, Amy Kate, for her love for her love, for encouragement, and for her road miles, for her hard work, and for giving us and blessing us three fantastic kids, Joshua, Catherine, and Macy. Well, you all have kept this primary fun and you've kept me grounded because when I get home, I get reminded that there are still dishes to do and trash to take out. (laughs) So I'm eternally thankful that God has blessed me with such an amazing family. And that includes you, mom and dad. That includes my brothers and their wives and my nephews and nieces and cousins and extended family. Many are here tonight. And I want to thank my friends and my neighbors, especially those who have known me for a long time. It's a joy to look around this room and to see so many familiar faces here tonight. We've always stood by each other, and I want you to know I treasure our friendships. I want to thank my campaign team and all the work of our volunteers and Bud crew chiefs in all 100 counties. Because without your hard work, we would not be here tonight. And friends, I want to thank President Donald J. Trump and... 
and his entire family, including Laura Trump, who is a native North Carolinian with a powerful voice of her own. She and the president helped me back in 2018 when Nancy Pelosi targeted me in a tough Republican district. And then in 2020, we worked together to elect other Republicans up and down the ballot and across our state. So when President Trump endorsed me last year, he said, Ted, I'm endorsing you because you never wavered on America First policies. That America First agenda, it led to historic job growth, wage growth, and prosperity for all Americans. And I pledge to my fellow North Carolinians, I will never waver when it comes to fighting for the forgotten men and women in this state and in this country. Now, you've often heard me say that primaries are awkward moments. And yes, friends, they really are. Because you have to run against people that you might have supported in another setting, in another day, in another race. But I want to take a moment, I want to recognize those men and women right now. Governor Pat McCrory, I thank you for your service to our state as governor and for your time as mayor of Charlotte. You made Charlotte better and you made North Carolina better. So thank you. Congressman Mark Walker, please, yeah, give him a hand. <laughs> Congressman Mark Walker, you and Kelly were the first ones that Amy Kate and I reached out to in 2016 before I was ever sworn into office. The four of us had dinner not too far from here, and so I want to thank you for your early help. Your loyal supporters will be critical to helping us take back the U.S. Senate. And I want to humbly ask for their prayers, for their support, and for their vote this fall. All right, so we'll get the uh, rest of Ted Budd's address last night, his victory speech. Uh, all right, so we were listening to Ted Budd's victory speech. We uh, kind of paused it halfway through. Let's resume uh, where we left off. To Marjorie Eastman, I thank you and your husband for your service to our country. Your commitment to citizen service, it is a model for us all. You know, there were 14 Republican ballots that put their name forward in this primary, and I'm absolutely honored to be the Republican nominee. But now, we need to pull together, and we need to look to the real race in November. So I was glad to see that many of the events that we all participated in, each one of us took a unity pledge and we raised our hand to support the eventual winner of this primary. And that sends a clear message to the Democrats that this party is united and is poised to take back the Senate and to save this country. Early on in this campaign, I told my team that I wanted to visit each and every one of our state's 100 counties, not just the ones with the highest populations or with the big TV markets. Friends, I've just got a view of politics that a candidate needs to look voters in the eye and ask them for their vote. So that's what we did. Now we got a little criticism, but our 100 county tour, it made me a better candidate and helped me fall deeper in love with the old North State. In every county I visited, I heard stories of high grocery costs, skyrocketing fuel prices, shortages of basic necessities like infant formula. I heard stories of families that have been ripped apart by deadly drugs like fentanyl. 
We know that fentanyl and other drugs came across a chaotic and open southern border. I heard about crime waves that turned safe neighborhoods into deadly battlefields. My friends, I'm sure all that chaos is completely unacceptable to you, and I want you to know that it is completely unacceptable to me. My opponent, Sherry Beasley, she doesn't seem to have any problem with Joe Biden's agenda. So let's be clear. Sherry Beasley is the most radical liberal candidate to ever run for U.S. Senate here in North Carolina. So if we send her to Washington, she would enable every element of Joe Biden's agenda. And if we think it's bad now, it's only going to get worse with Sherry Beasley in the U.S. Senate. Now, $5,200 may not sound like a lot of money to Chuck Schumer. It may not sound like a lot of money to Joe Biden or to Sherry Beasley, but that's a lot of money to most folks here in North Carolina. And $5,200 is how much extra the working families in our state have to pay this year to the Biden-Beasley inflation. And that's what voters are going to be thinking about when they go to vote in November. Voters here in North Carolina, they're going to be thinking about the chaos at our southern border. And some folks will say, well, you're not a border state, so why do you even care? Friends, sheriffs, law enforcement from all across this great state have told me that every single county here in North Carolina is a border county because of the Biden-Beasley lawless open border agenda. Deadly drugs are flooding in, human trafficking is increasing, and the cartels are trying to gain even more control of our borders. It's gotten so bad that even my Democrat opponent is talking about it, but she's not holding Joe Biden accounting, accountable for his failures. And she won't hold him accountable in the U.S. Senate either. That's why working families are going to send a conservative fighter to hold Joe Biden accountable in November. Well, we got an amazing crowd here tonight, and I bet some of you all drove from a pretty long ways. From, this is a big state, isn't it? <laughs> Anybody fill up their gas tanks today or this week? <laughs> oh, I hear you. So let's talk about gas prices. One of the first things Joe Biden did as president was to shut down domestic energy. And now we pay some of the highest fuel prices in history. Because of the Biden-Beasley agenda, farmers are facing skyrocketing input prices, and that raises prices for everyone trying to put food on the dining room table. Ladies and gentlemen, under Joe Biden, America is woke and broke. And Sherry Beasley would be nothing more than a rubber stamp for everything that is wrong with Joe Biden's woke and broke policies. So we need to put the brakes on this agenda for the sake of hardworking North Carolinians. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm Ted Budd. I'm a small businessman. I'm a, I'm a conservative fighter. I'm America first. And I am honored to be your Republican nominee for the United States Senate. God bless you.
All right, so that's Ted Budd's victory speech last night. You've heard uh, McCrory's as well. Just my, and this is just from a delivery standpoint. Um, he Ted Budd doesn't always, he does often, but not always, punch the right words. It's a broadcast term. You punch the word, just like I just did there with the word punch. You punch the word. You emphasize the word in your tone, goes up and down at, at the risk. Well, I don't have to. Actually, I don't have to run this uh, run a risk of offending uh, any colleagues. Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity on his radio show and his TV show. He always talks at the end of the sentence, and it always goes up. The tone is always up. And so you never know when he's going to finish the thought because it's always going up. You see what I mean? He never brings you back down. And as a listener, sometimes that gets a little unsettling. <laughs> you you need to you need to go up in the tone and then bring it back down. And I know, like, oh, Pete, you're just being nitpicky. Maybe. Maybe. But that's why the debates mattered. And maybe that's why they didn't want to do the debate. I also reject this assertion that he could do the 100-county tour or he could do a debate or two. As if that was the choice. That wasn't the choice. You could have done both. You could have done neither. You could have done a 100-county tour. Jeff Jackson was doing a 100-county tour, right? Wasn't he going to do the 100-county tour? He was pitching that to Chuck Schumer. And as as much as I am loath to quote him, Travis Fain, the supposed, well, no, he's a Democrat with a byline, WRAL reporter, but he asked a pretty, I thought, fair question. I know I was as shocked as you are. Um, the question is, for all those rhinos that were voting in the Republican primary for Pat McCrory, do you need their votes now? This is why this is why the the intra party fighting that goes on, I have zero taste for it at all. Because then everybody turns around and oh, let's get all buddy buddy now. And I know I was calling you a fake fill in the blank, but now now I need your vote. So okay, you're real. Yeah, that's totally fine. And look, I get it. The, quote, establishment Republicans have been doing that to the, quote, grassroots Republicans for a long time, too, and the Tea Partiers as well. I get it. I don't have to like it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. Going to get into uh, other races. And in fact, after the news here at the top of the hour, we'll talk with Dr. Chris Cooper from Western Carolina. A uh, couple of polls, though, and you know me, I don't really, you know, these are just snapshots. So right out of the gate, polls have been released for the U.S. Senate race in North Carolina, pitting Bud v. Beasley. And uh, we got one here from Emerson College. In a hypothetical matchup for U.S. Senate between Ted Budd and Sherry Beasley, who would you vote for at this time? 48% say Ted Budd, 41% say Sherry Beasley, 10% are undecided. So unless some big scandals come out or, I don't know, bunch of outside money starts tearing down these candidates, which it's already started, and by the way, there's a reason why negative advertising is utilized. It's because it works. Just ask Pat McCrory. 
especially for people who don't, uh, for voters who don't know anything about the candidates. If you don't know who a candidate is and all you see are, uh, you know, constant ads telling you how terrible the person is and you never see ads from that person saying they're not a terrible person, you don't see any news coverage, you don't see debate footage, anything like that. Yeah, it's very difficult to overcome that kind of a swamp. Look, this happened. This happened in 2008. When Barack Obama ran against John McCain, Barack Obama, remember, he originally said that he would take the federal funding, remember, for the campaign. He would he would take that money. He would not raise any more. And then when he got the nomination, he went back on that promise. McCain stuck to it, and Barack Obama outraised him like almost, what was it, $800 million to McCain's... 200 million that was capped. Yeah. So you can, in fact, swamp your opponent uh, with tons of money. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that's always the case. Right there. Candidates matter. So if you're a terrible candidate, you can have a ton of money and it might not be the deciding factor. However, if you are not a terrible candidate, you're an okay one and you get, you know, three times as much funding to just dump into negative attacks. Yeah, you can win. And so I guess that's where we are. Um, There was the other poll here. This was from Carolina Partnership for Reform. They put this one out. Uh, It is by Meeting Street Insights. And... uh, do, 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 do. Ted Budd, Sherry Beasley in a dead heat, 44 to 43%. Beasley, who did not have a serious primary contest, has a plus 16 net favorability rating. That's important because she didn't have a, a primary. But the negative ads are starting, so that's probably going to come down a bit once they start, you know, slicing and dicing. Um, Ted Budd. He's underwater. He's a negative four net favorability. Unaffiliated voters sided with Bud 40 to 34%, but there's still a quarter uh, that are undecided. So I give you those not to tell you that that's how it's going to turn out, but to just say this is where it stands now. We shall watch the trend lines. Um, Let's see here. U.S. Senator Tom Tillis, he got involved in uh, the North Carolina 11th race. And again, we're going to, Get to that one after the news. But he also issued a statement congratulating Ted Budd on the victory. He said, thank, uh, congratulations to my friend Ted Budd on winning the Republican nomination. Ted is a proven conservative problem solver. I will be doing everything I can between now and November to help make sure he's elected the next U.S. senator. Um, let me see here. I think I had. Oh, yeah, they're launching. So the Democratic Party is now launching its campaign against Bud. You want to know what it is? You know, you know what the name of it is? This bud is not for North Carolina. Yeah. This bud is not for North Carolina tour. Yeah, like the, was it the the 1980s called? They want their beer marketing back. Was it the 80s? Maybe it was 90s. This, is they, are they still using this buds for you? I don't think so. For Budweiser, it's been. I think it's been a while. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm. 
You know how long it's been since I watched a TV commercial? <laughs> so I don't know. That's why, like, for me, I didn't even see any of all the ads, like, that Club for Growth was putting out against Macquarie because I don't watch television. So <laughs> I don't watch the ads, at least, I should say. Uh, up next, we're going to talk to Dr. Chris Cooper from Western Carolina, get into the North Carolina 11th Congressional District race where Madison Cawthorn lost, barely. Um, and then we're going to get into some of the other races locally and from around the state. Thank <laughs> you.